Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. People respond. One is called uh, Anna, and the other is Simeon. So um, Zoe's going to do the first reading, which is of Anna. There was a very old prophet, a widow named Anna, daughter of Manuel, of the tribe of Asher. She had been married for only seven years and was now 84 years old. She never felt the temp- She never left the temple day and night. She worshipped God fasting and praying. That very same hour, she arrived and gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting for God to set Jerusalem free. Well done. None of you parents would have enjoyed a reading with the word Faneuil in there, would you? Well done. Right. Annabelle and Jacob, do you want to come? We're going to have the next reading. Simeon took the child in his arms and gave thanks to God. Now, Lord, you have kept your promise, and you may let your servant go in peace. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. I like to reveal your will to the Gentiles and bring glory to your people of Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at the things Simeon said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is chosen by God for the destruction and the salvation of many in Israel. He will be a sign from God which which many people will speak against and so reveal their secret thoughts in sorrow like a sharp sword will break your own heart. Well done, guys. Thanks, Steve. Yes, I have a present. Um, When was the last time you were really, really, really excited about something? When I was little, maybe not as little as my kids, but when I was younger, uh, my mother used to tell me about this trip that she took in college. A whole semester, she was traveling all over Europe and going to these amazing places. Um, She saw the Colosseum, she saw the Eiffel Tower. Now, uh, I actually lived in Europe, but I still thought that sounded like an amazing thing to travel all over the place. So when I got to college, I, saw, I thought, could I try and do something similar? Because that sounds really cool. Um, so I did. I actually signed up for a similar type of traveling semester. And I just thought, this is going to be the most amazing thing. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to make loads of friends. We're going to have all these you know, photos posing in front of famous places and, uh, and all that kind of thing. Um, now, I went on that semester. And I was very disappointed. (laughs) Um, I went to very loads of cool places, uh, but I I didn't make a single friend. Um, I traveled with about 40 other students for three to four months, and people kept forgetting to invite me to dinner. Um, I'd walk out of the hostel going, where is everybody? Uh, And it was really lonely. At the same time, I'd actually just started dating this really cute boy. Where is he? Um, Uh, so I just kept, oh, I miss Corey. Um, so this thing that I'd been anticipating for years, I'd been looking forward to for years, was actually not a, nowhere close to what I thought. Um, 
Now I'm going to finish that story later. It has a happier ending than you think. But first, I need a volunteer. Jacob, can you hold this present for me? Now don't open it, okay? Can you hold it but not open it? Okay. Um, so I'm considering giving you this gift. Would you like it? Probably. Okay. Um, now what if I told you you could only have it if you stood here through the entire service? So they're going to come up and sing songs. There'll be other, all sorts of other things. You just have to stand here and hold the gift. Would you still want it? Maybe. Okay, but what if I told you um, you could have it if you stand here, but it's actually really amazing. It's the best gift you've ever had. Better than anything you're getting for Christmas. You're not sure. Yeah, well, okay, you don't you don't necessarily believe me, but (laughs) but (laughs) what if I told you it's it's better, not just for any than any gift you'd get for Christmas, but it's better than any gift you're gonna get all year, or actually all of the gifts put together. All the gifts you might get for Christmas, or for your birthday, or for the next Christmas, or for your next birthday. Ten years. It's better than all the gifts you'll get in ten years. This one's better. I know you might not believe me, but if that, was, if that was true, would you want it? If that was true, you probably, you still don't know. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Um, now, if you had to wait 10 years, if I told you this is better than any gift you're ever going to get for 10 years, but you have to wait 10 years to open it, you can take it home, but you can't open it for 10 years. Aww. I don't know very many people who'd want to wait that long. I wouldn't want to wait that long. Um, In the reading we had earlier about Anna, uh, she was a prophetess and a widow. And when the story happens, she was 84 years old, and she had lost her husband after being married to him for seven years. So Corey, who I mentioned earlier, we've been married for six and a half years, which means in May we'll have been married for seven years. So if Corey died this summer and I waited 55 years, I'd be, how old is she, 84? and that's how long I had to wait for, so- for something really amazing to happen in my life. That would be like Anna in our story. Um, and back then, in those days, losing a husband wasn't just sad. Of course, it was sad. But it was also devastating because women didn't work. So um, she also would have been very poor. Anna was probably extremely poor as a widow and, and old. Um, now, um, you can actually take that and open it. But you have to split it between the other kids, okay? You don't have to stand here the whole time. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. Um, Anna knew that something amazing was coming because as a prophet, God spoke to her. He told her some special things that not everybody knew. And she knew that Israel's rescuer was coming. So for her whole life, as far as we know, um, she was worshiping God and she was praying in the temple and she was waiting and waiting and waiting for the rescuer. And for her, that was like waiting for the biggest present. It was like having this gift that is better than 10 years, than 55 years and 84 years of waiting alone uh, in poverty, probably. So when she sees Jesus in the temple as an infant, she recognizes him at once. She sees him and she knows, this is the gift I've been waiting for. And so she runs. She doesn't just see him and go, oh, look, there he is. I, I, I picture her like sprinting through the temple and knocking people out of the way. I mean, it's kind of an amusing image if you think of an 84 year old woman <laughs> running through the temple. Uh, but she was so excited, she, she couldn't shut up about it. She just kept talking. Everybody she met, she had to tell. He was finally here. Jesus is here. Um, now, of course, that gift is something small. It's not really a big deal. Um, but knowing Jesus, that's, 
worth waiting a lifetime for. And Anna knew that. If you lose all your money, if you lose your job, if you lose your health, if you lose your spouse, if you lose everything, but you have Jesus, you're rich. And Anna knew that. Um, so remember my story about uh, traveling around Europe? <laughs> I was expecting it to be a really amazing, magical trip, and it wasn't disappointing. Um, but actually, something really good came out of that, because uh, being incredibly lonely, I would be standing under something awesome like the Eiffel Tower. I'd stand under the Eiffel Tower. I'm holding a crepe full of Nutella, and I kept thinking, I don't want to be here. I want to be with Corey. But see, it was such a good thing that I was disappointed, because by being disappointed in the thing I'd been excited for, I actually ended up realizing what I really wanted was to be with a specific person. Better than the thing I wanted was something else. Um, I ended up marrying him, obviously. There he is. Um, <laughs> but the truth is, the things we want, including people, no husband, wife, girlfriend, child, boyfriend, none of them are the real solution to our loneliness. Only God is the real solution to our loneliness. Only Jesus can do that. He's the best gift. Um, and we don't have to wait anymore. That's the good news. We're not like Anna. We're not waiting all our lives to meet the amazing baby, maybe someday that will fix everything. Jesus already came, so we get to know him now. We don't have to wait. That's good news. Great. Thanks, Christiana. We're going to have another game now. We're going to uh, have a game with Katie and Rebecca. And they're going to come and uh, lead us in another game around waiting and receiving. Then we're going to think about Simeon. So over to you, ladies. You've got Brussels sprouts. That makes me nervous. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to our game. Um, has anyone ever heard of the game Bring Me? Yeah. So this is Christ City Church takes on Bring Me. So <clears throat> in reflection of the game, <clears throat> does, uh, does anyone know what those things had in common? Any guesses? We had a watch, an engagement ring, time, uh, a phone timer, up 20 seconds. Yeah. yeah, they all have to do with time. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. Waiting, yes. So, yeah, so like you have to wait for a watch because it's a time. You have to wait for your 20 seconds for the phone timer. You have to wait to be engaged. Something of wait <laughs> was a receiving bit, so yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> These are all relatable to the Bible because in the Bible there is so many stories of people having to wait and then receiving something so good at the end. Like um, the Israelites uh, were, had to wait to be free from Egypt. Uh, Noah had to wait for 40 days and 40 nights for the flood to end. Um, the walls of Jericho had to march around it seven days. Sure, sure. Mary was preggers for nine months so she had to wait for that. Um, but they all had something good at the end of it. Um, so at Christmas, we remember another example in the Bible of waiting, um, and that was the waiting of the Messiah. Um, the Israelites waited a long time for him to come. Uh, people say patience is a virtue, and I know for me, it's definitely not one that I possess. I probably uh, complain about waiting for the tea to boil. Um, but yeah, the Israelites waited a very long time for the Messiah to come, um, and it's so evident throughout the Bible that the best things in life are worth the wait. And every trial that the Israelites had to endure um, as they waited for God to bring them the Messiah brought them deeper and deeper into a relationship with him and into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
And I think that's really relevant for us. Um, I think we're a generation that wants things now. We want things um, in the moment. We're not really prepared to wait for things. Um, but the Bible is actually offers a very different approach, a very countercultural approach to that. It says that we have to wait patiently for God, to trust in his timing, not in ours, to trust that he's got things under control and that we can uh, give our burdens and give the things that we find really hard, the things that we're really struggling to be patient with um, over to him. We can lay them at his feet and then fix our eyes on him. Um, so what I would just challenge you guys is this Christmas to really make time for God out of the, the chaos that can that can come and to just, um, yeah, acquire your heart and just spend time with him and spend time in his word. Um, because then the greatest gift that we know is not just given, but truly received this Christmas. Okay, I'm just going to finish up before we have our final carol thinking about Simeon. We thought about Anna, we thought about the general idea of waiting, and now uh, Simeon. I wonder when you can think of a dramatic response to something. It was pretty dramatic, Maffy running to get Peppa Pig and running over and throwing Peppa Pig to Lena uh, to, to score. Um, something dramatic when you, get a, when you get a present you've been waiting for, you might run up to mum and dad, give them a kiss, run up to granny and granddad, give them a kiss and a cuddle. Uh, you might run around the house like a madman, go, I've got one. Um, we, 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 we react dramatically when we get a present we want, or when you score a goal. If you're if you're if you're playing in a, in a sports team and then you score a goal, yeah, uh, I was watching Spurs. I'm a Tottenham Hotspur, and they've got a they, in fact. There we go uh, with him, and uh, we we scored a goal in the 91st minute. And Christian Eriksen runs to the corner flag, slides. Everyone piles on top of him, and uh, it's excitement, dramatic response uh, to a goal. Or at an airport, I was flying to Belgium this week and back, and so I was at airports, and airports remind you when you're waiting for something and then it comes and you've got all these people peering out and then they're so excited and my daughter Annabelle you may have noticed has Heelys on a lot of the time and airports are the best for Heelys when you just zoom across so I come out of the welcome I come out of the you know airport lounge and my daughter is flying towards me on Heelys <laughs> um, a dramatic response to returning home um, so whatever is opening a present, scoring a goal, meeting someone at the airport, when the waiting is over, there can be a dramatic response of love, of warmth, of joy, of excitement, of passion. And when Simeon, who's been waiting for years for his Messiah, sees Jesus and takes him in his arms, it's a dramatic response. But it's not all of joy. It's got a real warning. And uh, it's not all warmth. It's got something serious as well. What do we know about Simeon? We know from the bit of the Bible that we didn't read uh, that he lived in Jerusalem as a Jew. And Jerusalem was under the Romans, so they wanted to be free of the Romans. They wanted freedom and salvation from the Romans. He was a good man. He feared God. It says he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was waiting for Israel to be saved. So he was waiting. When is Israel going to become a people not under Roman rule and not with the pollution and corruption within it? And when will Israel be a light to the nations like they should have been? And he's in the temple, and Mary and Joseph come in, and uh, he sees the baby Jesus, and he has a dramatic response. Just look at this response. It's a baby. Simeon sees a baby, and he says this, Now, Lord, you've kept your promise, and you've let your servant go in peace. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. That's an amazing response to seeing a baby. With my own, he'd been waiting for the salvation of Israel, and he looks at a baby, and he says, with my own eyes, I have seen the salvation of God. So the, the amazing thing of Christmas is that the miracle is so small and fragile, so vulnerable and weak. 
and God's salvation came to Israel in a very weak and vulnerable way. This baby was going to be the way of rescuing Israel. Um, Simeon says Jesus is the Savior of all the world, not just Israel, but all the nations. Now, Mary and Joseph, who have just handed over the baby to Simeon, must have been amazed at this. And uh, Simeon says something really spectacular to them. He says, this child, more dramatic response, this child is chosen by God for the destruction and salvation of many in Israel. He'll be a sign from God which many people will speak against and so reveal their secret thoughts. And sorrow, like a sharp sword, will break your own heart. Simeon says that this Savior Jesus is going to divide people. Some people are going to find salvation. Others are going to find destruction. So this isn't all warmth. This is a real message of warning that the baby who's coming is bringing salvation, but you have to respond. In other words, not everyone's going to accept the Savior. Not everyone's going to be willing to admit that they need saving. Not everyone wants to be friends with Jesus. Some people are going to hate him, and therefore it's going to reveal what's in their hearts. And so at the end, he says to Mary, it's going to be like a sword in your heart. What's he talking about? Simeon knows that this is the salvation that God has brought to Israel, but a sword is going to go into the heart of Jesus. And Mary's the mum. And mothers typically have a stronger emotional attachment to children than fathers. And when, when Jesus dies on a cross, the disciples have fled. Peter's denied him. Who's left at the cross to watch the son die? Mary. And a sword. The agony of watching your son die. But Simeon knew that this is what the salvation of Israel would mean. Not freedom from my Romans, but freedom from sin. Jesus was going to be killed. A sword was going to pierce his heart. And Mary was going to participate in that suffering by watching in agony. And so at the end there, Jesus dies. And like at the beginning, how did salvation come? Jesus is on a cross. It's not powerful. It's weak. It's vulnerable. It's frail. But this is the very power of God for salvation. Israel needed saving from their sins. And so that's why Simeon says, with my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. Simeon knew how the story of Jesus was going to end on a cross and all the sins of the world were going to be paid for. But Jesus is the savior for anyone who will accept. There's one final thing I want to share about this as well. It's very dramatic. Do you see that there's a man and a woman? There's Simeon and there's Anna. And throughout the gospel of Luke, there's men and women who are responding or participating in the ministry of Jesus. In other words, in a culture where men were really often in charge, we see that Jesus continually empowers and finds time and involves women. This salvation is for male and female, for Jew and Gentile, for everyone, for young and old, whatever country you're from, this salvation is for you. And so the question is, how will you respond? He's going to divide. You have to make a decision. Uh, will you respond by taking him in your arms, as Simeon and Anna did, with joy and excitement? So we're going to sing a final song called Glorious Night. It's a modern carol. We sing it every year. It talks about the earth receiving their king and that love has come down. And so the question is this, this Christmas, if the waiting is over, if Jesus has come, if he is the Messiah, if love has come into the world, how will you respond? If you're happy, just close your eyes and I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the joy and the fun and the excitement of uh, Christmas. We thank you that we've been thinking on this idea of waiting and receiving, and that sometimes we have to wait for good things, and you teach us in the waiting, and that the best thing, the best present, the best gift is you. And uh, we pray, Lord, this Christmas that we would think about 
what it is to respond to you. And uh, like Simeon and Anna did, and all that waiting is over, and we have the real present, and it's you, and that that would fill us with joy. And uh, as we sing our final song, may there be joy in our hearts too, given by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.